Internet Brand Strategist, Sandra Beck, interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with a business coach and life coach, Frankie Picasso. I mean, Frankie wears so many hats. You're a published author, you're a radio host, you've coached me uh, over the years and you're a big part of my success and I'm really happy to have you with me on the show today. Thank you, Sandra. You know, Ditto. I mean, you're part of my success too. <laughs> right. I mean, it's funny how success begets success. Yeah, that's true. You know? Um, one of the things I want to talk about today, you know, as we, we step into the new year, normally, like in years past, I always flew to Montreal to do my business planning and I would attend, you know, this seminar out there and it was four days. And the first day you kind of went through all these classes. The second day you had all these planning and strategy. The third day you took like long walks to evaluate, you know, what you picked out. And then the fourth day, you know, if you weren't freezing to death in, in Montreal in the middle of <laughs> November, um, you sat down and you made your business plan, your resolution and all those things. And so when I was flush with money, that was what I would do, Frankie. And then when I had no money, you know, after I got divorced, I lost my company. I had to start a new company from scratch, get all new clients, whole new everything. So for like three, four years, I was really strapped for cash. So I would go to... <laughs> like Jack in the Box or McDonald's. <laughs> you know, like, but it was a place where I could go and sit completely like unmolested. Nobody's, you know, I'd shut my phone off and I would, you know, get the unlimited fountain drink. So I yeah. could just sit there like in mainline, like Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. But I would sit there and I would plan my year and I would plan my resolutions. And this year, I don't know if you can hear it. I still have a little bit of cold. I get really sick, like three weeks of sick. And so with my military obligations, my charity obligations, I did not do that. And this will be the first time I've hit a new year without a business plan, without any resolutions. And I'm really, I'm really nervous. I actually avoided going into the office today because I feel like I'm a kid going to school and I didn't do my homework. Well, you know what they say, planning to fail is failing to plan. However, I am a big proponent of flying blind too. I, you know, sometimes winging it is good. And sometimes not knowing what, what is going to happen opens you up to possibilities. You know, sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. I, Maybe not in business, but it can be a good thing. It can be a good thing. You know, and this is like, I think like, you know, 2020 is the year of change for me because for 25 years, I kid you not, I have bought the same planner made by Franklin Covey. I get the day and the weekly. And what I found, you know, is like I was teaching this class where I talked about how important it was on Sunday night to review the week past, 
not plan what you're going ahead. That mm -hmm. was part of it. But to look at the week and I thought, wow, I'm carrying these two planners. Maybe they could be combined into one. I'm doing a lot more digital note taking. I still want my planner with me. I still want a paper planner. There's something in me that when I write things down, you know, I tried to use all these digital things on my phone and my iPad, but quite frankly, my little planner goes in my purse, my gym bag, wherever I go, easy peasy. Um, and so I actually bought a different planner and it's really, I know it's, it's actually psychologically disturbing because when I didn't take the time to look at my planners and I threw them all out, I went through, I had planners going back to 2009. They were all stacked up on my shelf. I don't know why I was saving them all, but I could see as the digital age took over how less and less I was taking notes in my planner. So why did I need to carry this big, heavy leather binder with two inserts? <gasps> and I bought a different one. And? Well, it's only day six of the year. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. It feels really small. It feels really light. It has a plastic cover. It's more like what the kids take to school that the okay. schools give them for their school planner. Well, okay. So you've been planning for a lot of years. You know how to plan. I do. You know what a plan feels like. And have you switched your plans? Uh, you're successful. So have you switched your plans or done something? This is the first year you did a different planner, but is the plan itself different well you haven't planned either so I guess it is but it is yeah so everything is different so how does that make you feel nervous unsure anxious um I almost sat down and ordered the thing that I ordered Franklin Covey years <laughs> and it was a good system I mean it served me really well but I think with my the elbow injury that I sustained carrying all my stuff around New York City my backpack and you know my computer in there it was just getting too heavy so I was looking for a way to lighten the load yeah and um I, but I, yeah I, I will say it's it doesn't feel relief right now Okay. Well, okay. The, the ideas that you have and the way that you plan, it, you can do that on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be in the Franklin Covey, right? The right. ideas are still the same and the writing down is still the same. It's just where you're putting it is different. And you can still go back and, and read, you know, how you did things and decide how you're going to go forward with things. Um, just because you have a different plan. What you haven't done and maybe what, what, why you feel anchorless is because you haven't done your plan. Right. So a lot of people don't understand even what a plan is. They confuse a business plan with a marketing plan. They confuse it with a, you know, a strategic it. plan. Yeah. Like, so maybe let's talk about what is a business plan. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. You want to? Yeah. I mean, or your process? I it, yeah. I think it's really important to, to, know your business. And you know, Frankie, now is a really good time before we get into the whole planning thing to talk about our sponsor today, because sure. it's right in alignment with exactly what we're talking about. Because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And, you know, Frankie, for many years, I relied on spreadsheets, I relied on Excel, I relied on notebooks and reports to manage my business, but I really didn't know my numbers. And when I got involved with NetSuite, and it's really cool, you guys, you can look it up right now while we're looking. Um, you can go to netsuite.com slash coach and schedule your free demo and receive this free guide 
seven key strategies to grow your profits um, from netsuite.com slash coach. But what I found was I didn't have a clear picture of my finances. And just like we're talking right now, I don't have a clear picture of my 2020 business plan. And honestly, that's why businesses fail. I know when I first started out, I knew my fixed costs because I wrote those checks every month. Sure. But then what's been happening is now I'm doing so many things on the cloud. So I have things going out through PayPal. I have things going out through Venmo. I have money coming in. I don't think I write more than a check a month, maybe two. So there's not that same tangible tracking that I used to have when you literally sat down and wrote a paper check, you know, every month. And so that's what I like about NetSuite by Oracle because they're solving some of these things that you don't have to guess I'm surprised every year when I do my 1099s for my independent contractors, how much I paid them. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's so fast. You know, it just zips out. It zips out of PayPal. Yeah. It zips out of Venmo. It zips out of my, you know, sometimes I do a direct deposit. But because there's so many different moving parts now in the digital arena for our business, it's hard to know what my totals are. Yeah. So, so with NetSuite, it puts it all into one place for you. Just go in and it does. It. You know, it's a cloud-based. It's the number one cloud-based business system, but it allows you to get this full picture of all your finances, and they're all in one place, all in real time. And you can get it on your phone and your desktop because I don't know if your oh, business, that's good. Yeah, if your business is like mine, I'm ninety percent on the road and ten percent in my office sitting and doing something. Yeah. I was just in a, in a, in a, in a medical building. I was waiting for an appointment and this lady next to me, she goes, why do, why do you have your phone out? Why do you have your phone out? She goes, mine's in my purse. You should put yours away. And I'm like, no, I, I shouldn't put mine away. I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> exactly. And you know, the thing is that sometimes I sit there with my notes section and I'm trying to, you know, go through all these different, you know, payment structures and, you know, looking at my overhead and looking at my income and I'm using like the notes section of my phone but with NetSuite, I'm confident that I have the right numbers at my fingertips. And, you know, Frankie, that's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. <coughs> Sorry, I have to cough here. So I really want you guys to schedule your free demo right now and get your free guide, The Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash coach, just like the um, name of today's show. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash coach. That's netsuite.com slash coach. Frankly, cool. when we talk about planning and we talk about, you know, even planning our finances and our expenditures, you know, my advertising and marketing dollars are a direct proportion of what I have in the net bank account. You know, like once all my operating expenses are paid, once all my fixed costs are paid, once all my, you know, the people who work for me, I have three people that work for me, they're all paid. The benefits, like the first thing I pay in the beginning of the year, Frankie, is the health insurance premium for all of us for the year. Like for sure. there are certain things that are non-negotiable. Then it's my business insurance. And then it's the, the rent for the property. And then I actually prepay some of my utilities because I don't want to stress out going, everybody's freezing working in here, which happens. And then I'm turning the thermostat down because I don't want a $300 bill. So yeah. I will actually pay all those things first. 
um, the things that are really important, the car insurance, the stipends, the gas cards. So all that is paid out first. Then whatever is left over is a function of what I can invest back in my business. And I think that's where NetSuite has really helped me a lot because I can look at my phone and I can make some decisions rather than going, gee, I hope this is right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, wishing and hoping, right? Um, and it's really good that you prioritize your needs and your wants. A lot of people don't do that. So that was, right. that's really right. good. So I encourage, you know, anybody who's listening today, who's a business owner, when you don't have a clear picture of your finances, your business can fail really easy. I mean, running out of money is the quickest way to kill your business. So schedule your free demo right now, get their free guide, seven key strategies to go your profits at netsuite.com slash coach. That's netsuite.com slash coach. You'll be glad you did. Now, Frankie, we were talking about planning and, you know, not only using planners, but what does it mean? to plan your business for the coming year. You know, a lot of times when I start doing this, it, it just becomes a long to-do list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, I guess it depends on, you know, is this the same business? Do you have a new business? Um, is it, well, I think is, my business is always evolving. You know, that's yeah. the thing about, uh, you know, and everybody has side hustles today. You know, yeah. you have your, like, I have my main business, you know, my main tech business that, that pays the rent, but then I have my radio business. And then, you know, I'm writing a book for a publisher right now, you know, so there's, there's all these little feelers out there. And I think we live in an era where, you know, if you're a nurse or a doctor or a fireman or something like that, but even the policemen in my neighborhood have a side hustle. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's trying to, you know, make ends meet and go beyond. So how do you plan for that? You know, when you think of a, of a multi-pronged business plan, are you planning for your main business? Are you planning for all your businesses? Are you planning for two years, three years, one year, five year? You know, what is your, your strategy? Well, usually, and again, I, you know, usually I make a mind map and I make a mind map. First, I make a mind map and I call it Sanderbeck. And then put my name in the middle of it. And then I put my bubbles for all the things, all the entities that I'm working on, you know, including my philanthropic work. So yep. I make all those bubbles and then I take each one of those bubbles and I turn it into its own mind map. And I really think about like, you know, what if, you know, that's the key question I keep asking myself, what if I, or what if we, or what if the company, you know, or a lot of what ifs. And then I kind of brainstorm those bubbles. And then the last thing that I, I've kind of been trained to do, you know, with this Montreal training program that I went through is I sit down with a blank Monday through Sunday calendar. That's 24 hours. You know, it looks like an Excel spreadsheet has the hours down the side, has the days across the top. And then I plan out what an optimal week would look, would look like. So I sit down and I go, okay, where's my family time? You know, where is my workout time? And I think the best thing I did, you know, last year, or the year before Frankie was combine, you know, when I got certified to teach spin and certified yeah. the gym, now that's goes in the income category rather than the, the play category, the play category, you know, even though my health is important to me, you know, what good is my health if I don't have a house for me and the kids to live in? So, you know, that was always that that wrestle in my head as a single mom yeah. still supporting with two kids and my dad, you know, where does your health fit in into, you know, your income? So I kind of slid that physical over to income. Learned a new word yesterday. It's called plork. <laughs> what does plork mean? Plork is 
play that's work, work that's play. And I think it's really important to be able to do that. And it was actually, um, I can't, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, uh, but it was a nun, it was a sister who's no longer a sister, um, but she was an amazing artist. And she came up with the idea of Plork and making your work, your play and your play, your work. And I think, you know, that's kind of what you did with your spin. Kind of, kind of. I mean, and I'll say like, I'm in better shape being an instructor and a perfect example yesterday, yesterday, you know, I'm still getting over this cold, but I felt miserable. I was like, I was going to sit on the couch and make like a big bowl of scrambled eggs with butter on top and salt, which is my go-to, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to lay down and do nothing. Well, I had my five o'clock spin class. So I'm calling around to the other spin instructors. Nobody can cover for me. So I call the gym and they're like, well, if you can just go and sit on the bike and, you know, just call out the commands. You don't have to, you know, ride too hard. Let everybody know you're not feeling well. And my classes are really nice. So they'd be totally cool with that. So I get in there and all of a sudden the music starts going. So I start riding, you know, and then I coughed a little bit. Then I had a drink and then all of a sudden 50 minutes passed. And I rode 16 miles. Wow. And I felt fantastic. Like, you know, yes, I did go in yeah. the bathroom a couple of times and hack up a lung, but it also caused all that stuff to come up. Yeah. And when I left. I'm laying on a couch. Right. I came home. I put dinner together with everybody. And then I sat for an hour and a half last night and caught up on some work because I felt good. Now, yeah. Tell me, like, you know, was I supposed to rest or was I supposed to go to the spin class? Like, if it was up to my own druthers, I would have been laying on the couch, maybe miserable, yeah. fall asleep, and then wake up at one in the morning. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because I fell yeah. asleep early. So I don't know. I mean, I feel I'm better in control if I'm getting paid to work out than if it's up Absolutely. to Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a much more incentive to, to get paid to work out. For most people, I would think. Yeah, oh. for me, especially. <laughs> well, you become friends with the people in your class yeah. and they look forward to your music. And it's also, and- you know, it, it, it's the, the, um, sorry, the, the word just went out of my head, but, you know, like you're being acknowledged for it, but you're also, um, you feel like you have to. And, and because you're in charge, you kind of want to show that leadership and do the thing that you're supposed to do. And so it's very motivating for you and for, for them, but more for you and get paid. Right. So that's kind of so like triple win, triple win leadership. Yeah. So, you know, so I kind of, you know, I kind of do that. And, you know, now I look at my training, you know, there's a couple of people at the gym who want to do private trainings with me and, you know, there I can charge as much as I charge for business training. I mean, it's, yeah, that and they kind of cross over um but so yeah when you ask me are there new businesses if you're an entrepreneur and if you're hungry and you have bills to pay and mouths to feed there's always new business yeah yeah all right so sometimes you can't plan for the new business but you can leave space for the new business yeah even like emotionally and intellectually right because a lot of people they're closed off to it and they say well no this is what i do Right. But maybe you could do that too, right? You don't know. And so I think it's really important to keep the intention open for opportunity. You know, my Frankieism is that opportunities come to everybody. Um, just most people don't action upon them. So 
and people go, well, you know, the, I never get opportunity, but I believe that they do. Whether, I, whether the opportunity came and you decided to watch TV for three hours or sit on a couch or do something else, I think the opportunity came and people just let it go. So those who jump on it benefit and those who are open to it benefit. Um, and you can definitely have a whole bunch of side businesses, like you said, if, if you're, you know, open to uh, being creative, open to thinking creatively. And maybe you can't write that into your business plan, but you can write those hours in your business plan, or you can write the intention that, you know what, I'm going to be open to another business this year. And this is where I'm going to fit it in. Well, and that's, you know, it's funny you say that, Frankie, because this was another thing that I was thinking about doing that I heard on a radio show last year. Um, one of the business coaches that I had on said that once a month, he identifies a half day, usually on a Friday, like, and he takes off from all of his traditional work, all of his family, all of his obligations, and he has a creative planning session with himself. And he goes somewhere, you know, like a Starbucks or a, and he brings his planner and he brings his notebooks and he doesn't do work for clients. He goes through his day planner and he looks at like the last month. He looks at what's working, what's not working. He looks at what he wants to do, what ideas he has. And it's like a whole just meeting with himself, you know, like a self date, yep. if you will. Yep. And sometimes he said, sometimes he, he might put it at a spa and get a massage. You know, he'll include some self-care in there. Um, but he takes a half day a month so that he makes sure he's doing what he enjoys. He's doing what's profitable and productive and pleasant. Those are his three P's. Pro, pro, like that. Yeah. Productive, prosperous, or whatever I said. Um, productive. Productive. Yeah. And, and and pleasant that he enjoys yes. his life. Cause he said for years, he would blow through a whole calendar year, put his head down in January, pick it up on, you know, December 31st and have no idea where his time energy and everything went. Yeah. I think it's really important that people recognize that there's time for everything in their day, that there's time for self-care and there's time for work and there's time for play and maybe it's plork, but you know, <laughs> it, it's all there um, if you plan for it. Otherwise, like you are, you, you, you become that heads down person. You don't even know what time of the day it is and it, it's all gone and, and your kids, you know, you haven't seen them, put them to bed for a month and that, all that kind of stuff. So I think people often work too hard when they can work a lot easier if they planned. Well, you know, I, I agree. I think, I think planning is a big part of it, but I think even before planning, Frankie comes mindset. Like I noticed this, like right now I am the only sibling in my family currently working. I have one brother who's retired. I have one sister who's a stay at home mom. Not that she's not working, but her kids, yeah. are, you know yeah. what I mean? Her kids are in college. So, you know, it's not like yeah. day to day young child rearing. And then my, my NASA brother has been on sabbatical for a year. So it's interesting to go, I am the only one that has active young children, has a company to run. And I hear from my siblings how tired they are. Yes. And well, you know what they say, Sandra, they always say, give it, give the work to the busiest person. They're going to get it done. And it's so true. It's so it's true. true. It's true. But, but the mindset, if you tell yourself, this was my like aha epiphany last week, you know, cause we had the holidays. I was with my whole family. I was listening to the, the ways people were programming themselves. Mm -hmm. Number one was, 
I don't have enough time. They kept saying that over and over and over. And, you know, I'm just really tired. I'm so tired. Now, I'm sure they don't have enough time. and I'm sure they're not tired. But I thought about myself, Frankie, and I thought, I don't ever say to myself, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. I say things like, well, I'll fit it in or I'll figure it out or, you know, and I do pack a lot into my days. I mean, if anybody doesn't yeah. have enough time, it's a single mother of two taking care of now six dogs. I have my brother's three dogs. Oh my gosh. Three dogs. You know, and I've got two acres to mow. Like, you know, there's a lot to take care of in my yeah. lifestyle, but I don't ever tell myself that I don't have enough time. In fact, I say the opposite. I'll figure it out or I have all the time in the world or I'll get this done on time. Don't worry. You know, that, do you think we can manipulate time? You can bend it. (laughs) Can you get more of it? Can we make more time? We can definitely manage time. I, but I hear what you're saying and I, it is a mindset and you know, people run into, into that. um, There's not enough time where I'm tired because there's a boredom or there's something going on that they're just not happy. They're happy right. with what they're doing. And so, yeah, who wants more of that? Right. Gonna, I'm not going to give myself any more of that time. Well, I don't and like you it. talk about like, you know, when you made that thing about, you know, opportunities come to people and they don't either hear them or they don't act on them. But I also think there's a belief that they can't. You know, yeah. Like- Maybe they're buying into getting old. Maybe they bought into their retirement. Maybe they bought into, you know, well, my kids are gone now, so I don't know what to do with my life. And, you know, right. But you know, if you buy into, if you're like, and this is where I really encourage everybody to listen to what they say to other people, you know, like when you talk to your friends when you talk to your kids or talk to your parents or talk to anybody, your employees kind of monitor what comes out of your mouth because interesting. Yeah. If you're always telling the universe that you don't have enough yes. time. If you're saying that I'm tired all the time, or you're saying that I don't have enough money, you know, the one thing is I actually cut out two people in my life who I really like, except for the fact that every single time I talk to them, they have to tell me at least three or four times how they don't have any money. They're not making any money, their business. And then I, I used to get into like, well, what can you change? And what can you do to me? Yeah, what can I, how can I help you? Yeah, how if can they don't I listen. You? But it was like, you know what? You're manifesting, drilling, creating this whole reality where you don't have enough time. You don't have enough money. You're tired all the time. Yes. Like, you know, you've created that for lack yeah. of a better word. And I'm not saying you don't have a right to be tired some days. No, or, no, no, no. But you're, you're absolutely right. The words are super important that what come out of your mouth. It was interesting though. The other day I wrote on Facebook, I don't know if you caught it. And I said, I blew it at Thanksgiving until now. Cause I, I went off my diet. Oh, I said, I, I blew it, but I'm coming back stronger. Um, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. And my meaning was, and then everybody came back to me. Oh, you should, you shouldn't say that about yourself. Oh, you shouldn't do No, no, you didn't read it properly. I said, I blew it, which is taking accountability, accountability. for oneself. Exactly. But I'm not letting it stop me. And I'm going to, I've made a plan and I'm going to do this, this, and this in the coming months. Right. right and I publicly put it out here. And I publicly put it out for accountability. And, and, but they're going, Oh, you're so mean to yourself. Don't say that. And I go, no, no, no. What am I going to say? I'm not fat. Am I going to say I'm, I didn't blow it when I, what do you want me to pretend I'm something else? I'm not, I'm this, but I'm going to be this. And I think that's important too. You know what? Like to read, to read with understanding, first of all, when somebody writes, you know, because 
I didn't say it in that way. It wasn't, oh, poor me, I blew it. it oh, poor me, I can't do it. No, it was, this is what happened, and now I'm getting back up, and I'm going to do this. And I think it's super important to do that, to acknowledge where you are, what you right. did wrong, and how I'm going to improve in the future. And that's all it is when you look back on those plans that you wrote for the week or what you did last week. You're just looking, did I, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? What can I improve? Right. What can I do better? Like, how can I, how can I do it better? How can I change my mindset? What happened in my mind that made me blow it in my mind? Right. right. Why did I do that? And, and it's important to know why I did it. And I, I still don't know why I did it. I got to want to hurt myself, whatever it was. Um, and how can I stop myself now? Because I recognize that. How can I stop myself from doing it in the future? Right. Because or otherwise, even you just acknowledge and making room for it. Because one of the yeah. things I'll tell you, Frankie, that happens, you know, when you're, when you're, when you spend like 10 months out of the year counting calories, you know, I watch every penny in my company, you know, I, I live by the schedule that, you know, this freedom of entrepreneurship <laughs> is, you know, kind of a myth, you know, it's like, I work yeah. as many hours, if not, as somebody in a More. traditional job, yeah. you know, well, that's for another episode, but I know what happens to me and I do make allowances for this. Like I hit the gym really hard in August, September and October. Cause I knew at the beginning of sugar season, yeah. you know, as soon as Halloween starts, I'm going to want to trick or treat with the kids and I'm going to want to go to these Halloween parties and I don't need to eat the whole cake, but I want to have right. a piece of cake and I want to have Thanksgiving dinner. You know, there's things that I want to have. And I know if I don't, I will, yeah. <coughs> sorry, become so resentful yeah. that I will eat twice as much than I would if I wasn't resentful. Yeah. And you know what? It's not even that I need to have something. It's our lifestyle changes when I, when I watch what I eat. Because we're used to going out and dining out. It's part right. of our, our culture. My husband and I, we go out, we have, you know, I cook a couple days a week. We go out a couple days a week. And it's nice to be able to have whatever you want. But when I'm watching what I eat, I have to cook everything. And, that, and I get tired of that after about four months. <laughs> I want to go out and I want somebody else to cook it. And I want them to, but I want them to cook it the way I need it, you know? So I think the freedom, because freedom is my number one value, don't forget, the freedom of, of just being free to have and do whatever I want sometimes takes over this restrictive part of me that wants something else. Well, but, yeah. You know, but at the same time, it has to become a lifestyle. And it, and it generally does become a lifestyle choice for me for, a, you know, quite a while because I'm not really restricting what I eat. I'm having everything. I'm, re I'm restricting how it's prepared if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, because when I'm, when I'm being really careful, I will make like, I love eggs and I like to have three eggs and I like to scramble them in my copper pan. And then I don't cook them in anything, but I like to slather butter on the top and then dump salt. Okay. That is like hog heaven for me. Like it's, <laughs> it's the way I was raised. My mom, yeah, it's your comfort. Eggs. You know, it was just the, our thing. And especially if I'm feeling sad or stressed or I need comforting, like, yeah, nothing better. In fact, once we hang up from today's show, I'm going to get some them. eggs. <laughs> you mentioned it twice. I think you're going to have eggs. I think I'm going to have eggs. But so when I'm being careful though, what I'll do is I'll make one egg. I'll use two egg whites and I will use just a little, a butter spray, of butter. Okay. Which is, you know, or yeah, a little teeny bit of butter and then yeah. just a little bit of salt, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not like rich. It's not good. It's not, it doesn't do the same thing for me. Right. And you can say till the cows come home that I'm a food addict. Go ahead. 
Like I'm right there. With but what if you had the eggs the way that you wanted them and then you just didn't have something else today? Well, I, I probably could do that. Um, you know, and I've tried to smaller it, like, you know, like, you know, cut it in half and do that thing. I mean, you can still have your three eggs, but have, have a two teaspoons of butter instead of a tablespoon or something. Yeah. You know, I do try I mean, to make those little things I think that do add up. You know, people do. don't think they definitely add up. And I know but you have to be happy with life. You have to be happy. And I can't imagine going my whole life without a chocolate bar or my whole life without another bite of ice cream. And that, that's why I have to do a, a, a sustainability program where I, I, I lose, but I also get to have everything without guilt. Well, and you want to have, right. And you've got to, right, right. The hardest thing I have, like, and I have it, whether it's my company spending, Frankie, or my nutritional intake, like you have only so many hours in the day, you only have so many yeah. dollars and you only have so many calories you can bring in your body. Right. And the allocation of that gets really stressful while you're doing everything else on top of it. You know, you're raising, you're, you know, taking care of dogs. I'm taking my dad to the doctor. Like all these things come into play. So what do I do then when stuff goes sideways? I go eat fast food, which yeah. is over like three times my food budget, you know, so now it's affecting economically. The food is terrible and then I eat it and it's delicious going down. And then I feel sick after like yeah. nobody wins in that. But you know, the likelihood of me preparing something ahead of time in the event that my dad has to go to the doctor and I have to juggle work and kids, because you would like to think those things are far and few between. Yeah. They're really not. I'm not a, I'm not a preparer. I don't prepare food in advance. However, sometimes I, I, I definitely track what I eat. So I know like, like tracking what, where your money is, is spent in, in that suite. The same thing, I track my food. I know what has gone in and I know what I'm allowed for the rest of the day. And 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 I can make decisions based upon that. Yeah. Going, you know what, I'm gonna do something good. My blood pressure went up. My blood pressure went up, um, I guess in December. And it scared me like a lot and it scared me and, and I kept testing and going, well, is it up? And then one day it'd be down, the next day it'd be up and I go, what's happening? But I know that just taking off 10 pounds can make that go down again. Oh yeah. You know, and I don't want to go on medication for it. So right. if you don't, I mean, I could go on medication and go, ah, I can eat whatever I want, or I can lose 10 pounds and, and look better and, and better. regulate it naturally and feel better and go, yeah, okay. I just looked after that problem. Yeah. You know, but it's a choice. We, we're, we're every day we're, we're, you know, bombarded with all kinds of choices to make good ones, bad ones. And, and how you choose to live your life is your choice. It is. Well, and that's where like, you know, rich, poor, whatever. Yeah, I mean, planning comes into play, you know, because you know, I'm sorry. I was going to say when I, I, I used to be in the business planning department of the government. And so, and I remember, and people have heard this before, but you know, I did put my, my boss used to come, Oh my God, you know, I need this. I need this right away failure to plan on your part, you know, is not an emergency on mine. Right. Like, don't get that mixed up. That, that was your fault. Right. Your anxiety <laughs> cannot become my anxiety. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, but even though we plan too, like there are times like I, I cook every Sunday, I cook the, all the food for, for till Thursday. It's all yeah. pre-cooked, put in these tubs so the kids can grab and go. They have different schedules. My dad has one diet. My son has another required diet. And then Zachy and I can eat anything. So, you know, having that set up, you know, it's pretty, pretty clear what I need to do on Sundays. 
but then I don't want to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I put all this work into it and I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, Ugh, you know, and it's good. I don't feel like having that. Yeah. You know what I want to eat. And that's where it like, you know, I wonder like, can you over plan to the point where you get planning fatigue? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. That's why, you know, I, I'm a bit, like I said, freedom's my number one value. And you should know, you should know what your value and, and what your values are because, yeah. you know, if freedom is a value and everything is planned for you, that doesn't feel very free. Right. Like I might say, okay, well, I know I'm going to have chicken twice this week or and fish and chicken or, or, or steak or whatever. How I prepare that could be in a multitude of different ways. Right. Or maybe I'll just go out and have it. Right. Like, and if I go out and have it, now I have to have it in a way that, that goes with my plan. <laughs> right. But at least you're optimizing the plan, I think, in, in when you allow yourself the freedom to change your mind. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm going to have oh. salmon today, but I've got chicken in there. I've got, you know, other stuff I could have. That's what well, I feel I like. I play within the freedom reign, you know, where it's like, yeah. you know, I, I you know, because like what really screwed me up was like every calorie is not the same. That was so That's easy right. That's right. I would eat like, I could eat like six slices of bread, you know, make six pieces of toast and just have some tea and think, you know, oh, I only had, you know, I had my 600 calories for that right. meal, you know, and then not realizing, you know, they become the Th that egg and butter would have been a lot better for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's, you know, you're right. Like just like planning the finances, you know, planning your calorie intake, but also planning your, how you're going to spend your 24 hours. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of us don't realize how much time goes away, like just how much time is wasted. And you know, that that time, just like money or, or the wasted calories, you know, we could put them towards something we really enjoy. You know, when you, when you look at what's important and like, I've got two sons that have, you know, babies now and, you know, my son comes home from work and he just loves to spend that time with his daughter. He likes to give her a bottle. He likes to, you know, feed her dinner. He likes to give her a bath and, and just read a story and, and get the hug and say goodnight. Now, he's taking on extra work because um, he needs the money. And, and so he's missed a couple of days and his daughter's cranky. He's cranky. And he says, you know what? I need to get those hours. I need to, to, so that is like you said that in that bubble of that mind map that you would, that's a bubble that says that's a priority number one. That's priority, right. So I'm going to have to take those extra jobs before or after bedtime, but that I'm there for that half hour or 40 minutes or an hour or whatever, that I get to do those niceties with my daughter, the things that we both will love and remember. Right. right. So that's, that's planning, but planning in the best of ways, I think, because it's your priorities, right? Right. It's for your priority that they fit into your day in a way that you, that you want. Right. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's a challenge sometimes. Like that's why I used to love Disney movies. Cause you know, Disney movies would, you know, they play music and the kids would be so enthralled and you know, they would, I can't tell you, I never saw a Disney movie pass like the sixth minute. And it was only when the kids got older that I realized, you know, they, they, they kind of figured it out as they got older, but we'd get into the movie theater, we'd get our popcorn, you know, it was the thing the kids really loved and, you know, like Pocahontas or, you know, whatever the movie was, <laughs> And the music would start and the lights would go down and I'd be holding my toddler on my lap and with my arm around my, you know, older son, you know, who was maybe four at the time. And we would just sit in there and Frankie, I could sleep that whole hour and a half, like sitting <laughs> up 
you know, yeah. with my eyes closed, but holding my children while they watched the movie. And it was only until my son got about six, he'd, he'd lean over and say, are your eyes open? <laughs> How are you watching with your eyes not open? And, you know, cause you know, you do, you need rest and yeah. you, know, you try to combine things. Um, and I used to try to combine things where I could rest my body and the kids could run around. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a juggle. It's a juggle of, you know, I guess now we have all these factors. We've got your emotional, your energetic, you know, and then you have your financial and your physical. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. I mean, I, I think when you deconstruct some of these things for planning, um, you realize like if you take into consideration these things, and I think that's where Stephen Covey's, you know, habits came in. I think, you know, he had this sharp in the saw that I did, you know, I've lived by for 20 years and I do it automatically. You know, when I do my planning for the week, Frankie, I do it on Sunday night. I spend like an hour to an hour and a half and I'm watching TV. Like I might watch a Hallmark movie yeah. you know, or be eating some snacks or doing something, you know, I don't just sit there like, you know, the fiendish planner at the table, but I bring my planner into bed with me and I have my categories that I know I need to attend to. You know, I have my kids, I have my dad, I have my friends, I have, you know, my relationships, I have got my work, you know, my income, my radio, you know, all these different things that I go down the list. And then I literally sit down and go, okay, where does everything fit in? And it's really fun because my physical now, I've combined a lot with my friendships. Mm -hmm. So we go and we work out together. We go to the gym together. We go for a hike together. The kids and I spend time with a hike because when you look at your 24 hours in the day and you try to get eight hours sleep, which I really try to do, like the clock's ticking, baby. Like, you know, there's not a whole lot left. So combining things, you know, and when I teach my spin class and my friends are in my class. Yeah. We fun. get fellowship. I get paid and I get a workout in like, that's a triple win for me. You yeah. Know? No and, kidding. Yeah. And those are things like they, those become big non-negotiables. Cause if I don't go to my spin class, don't I don't get paid. Friends. I don't see my friends. Like, you know, there's big incentive. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to do the show with me today because Thank now you. I feel like I have a renewed sense of 2020 is going to be about combining, you know, That's how do one. I combine things so that not only do I get maximum benefit from it, but I get like maximum income, but also maximum satisfaction. You know, what if I took each block in the building block of the week and go, how do I make these triple wins? Like how fun would that be to do that? Yeah. That's a, that sounds like a lot of fun. I like that. Uh, you know, lots of people should, should try to do that too. You know, see where, where you can combine your, your needs and your wants or your, your goals with others and, and uh, like a combination plate of the Chinese food, right? Like just yeah. do, make it a combo. <laughs> right. Well, make it a combo, right? I mean, it's like, I, you know, I kind of stumbled on this this year with my, you know, I did three big charity events in December that my company sponsored. And it was really fun because my, my, uh, corporate sponsors were all my clients. So they came to the event. And then my, um, my friends were all the volunteers, you know, and we ended up feeding like 250 people. Nice. We raised over 2000 toys, you know, and everybody felt good. Yeah. And I was like, 
you know, it was funny because I said to my clients, look, in the, in, in lieu of, you know, uh, Christmas gifts this year, there were some people that I gave Christmas gifts to, and then the rest of them, which I know they don't want another planner, you know, they don't want any corporate gifts. I'm going to give, I'm going to order a, a, a toy in for a child in your name. Nice. And so they got a certificate that said, you know, this toy and a little picture of it, you know, and that's my way of saying thank you for your business. And yeah, as I'm primarily female centered business, everybody loved that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, that was a way we could make like that triple win. So maybe the year 2020 is going to be the year of the triple win. You know, I do that for my grandkids too. I, I, you know, I, um, like I like to sponsor the donkeys and, and so I, I got each of them a donkey that they sponsored and, you know what, they get a picture and they, and they get to understand about social um, impact and, and, you know, what, what does it mean to these animals to be supported by you and, and what, what would happen if they weren't and they all love it. And I think it's, you can't start too young to make people, you know, uh, responsible and, and understand that they have a, a social, you know, responsibility in the world to yeah. help others. Well, I said to my kids, you know, because this year was my 33rd year of having a big toy drive. And I said, guys, you know, in another 15 years or so, I don't know if I'm going to want to be doing these things anymore. Yeah. And both of them looked at me and they said, oh, we're never going to throw these parties that you do. And I said, well, what are you going to do? And, and Max said, well, he goes, I'll have my own company. He goes, I'll find a wife that'll throw the party. And, <laughs> and Zachary said, and I'll donate. He says, I'll make a lot of money too. And I'll donate. He goes, I'll uh, buy toys, mom. He says, but I don't think I can do what you do. Yeah. And, you know, and that's fine. I mean, you know, but the idea that, that, you know, you can combine these things to make a multiple win that I think is going to be the theme for 2020. You know what? I think you got a business there. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Woohoo! Oh, well, Frankie, thank you for being my guest today. Thank you for helping me figure this out. I know I'm not the only one that kind of punted planning for December for my 2020 uh, year. And, you know, and it's funny, Frankie, because you can do a business plan any year. Yeah. You know, my corporate year end is March 31st. That's when my corporate year end is. So why do I feel so crazy not doing my business plan in December? Like, why can't you do it in January? Why, why couldn't I do it in March when my company year end is? Because you're a creature of habit. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're all kind of trained a certain way. But so yeah. if you're listening to this show, then guess what? This month is the month you do your planning. Combos. Yep. Combos. Triple good luck to you. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Frankie. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.